Welcome to the Gap Church Podcast, where we're filling the gap through freedom and the truth. Please enjoy this week's message. <laughs> I want to make sure that we have opportunities for people to, to um, testimony, etc. And so can we open our Bibles to 2 Samuel 6, 2 Samuel 6. Um, I think we've touched on this story many times. I think I've touched on this story many times. Um, I touched on this story recently, I think when um, I spoke on... Um, monuments for, or what is it, mismanagement for monuments. Um, 2 Samuel 6, I'm going to read from 5 to 7, then 9 to 11. Verse 5 to 7, then 9 to 11. So I'll read from verse 5 first. It says, David and all the Israelites were dancing and singing with all their might to honor the Lord. They were playing harps, lyres, drums, rattles, and cymbals. Verse 6. As they came to the threshing place of Nacon, the oxen stumbled, and Uzzah reached out and took hold of the covenant box. Verse 7. At once the Lord God became very angry with Uzzah and killed him because of his irreverence. Uzzah died there beside the covenant box. Let's skip forward to verse 9. Then David was afraid of the Lord and said, how can I take the covenant box with me now? Verse 10. So he decided not to take it with him to Jerusalem. Instead, he turned off the road and took it to the house of Obed-Edom, a native of the city of Gath, verse 11. It stayed there three months, and the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and his family. Bless the reading of God's word. Um, this short, short message, I want us to title it, When God Stays There. When God Stays There. And parenthesis, will you be a good host? Will you be a good host? Will you be a good host? I'm not going to preach this scripture too much because I really could, honestly. There's so many things. But um, like I did last week, I want us to just do a brief Bible study. A brief Bible study. You see, um, looking at this scripture, just to summarize in case many of us still do not understand it, what we have is a scripture that David and the Israelites are coming in dancing drums, all the stuff. They're happy as they're carrying the Ark of the Covenant, which is the presence of God. And what happens is that it gets to a point where the oxen that was carrying the Ark of the Covenant stumbled. And so the Ark of the Covenant was basically about to fall. And so out of, if, if something's about to fall, we have instincts, correct? So what someone did, the man by the name of Uzzah, he went to reach for it to try and save it. And at that moment, he was killed. Makes no sense, Right? But the scripture says that it wasn't the fact of his efforts, but it's his fact of irreverence. Irreverence. I and reverence. So there's reverence and irreverence. So there's reverence to revere, but his irreverence. So which means he did not revere it. And so what happened is that it said that the Lord God became angry and killed Uzzah at once. And so it says in verse 9 that David was afraid because he was just like, how can I take the covenant box with me? Because at that point, he's like, if this is what is happening when someone touches the covenant box, if God is angry and displaying his anger in this way to an innocent man, what can I do at this point? Now, as we go further on into scripture, um, I want to I wanna skip forward because we're going to skip forward, then we're going to come back into the Bible study aspect. Can we open our, our, our Bible to 2 Samuel 6, 11 to 15? Because this ends, the scripture starts out happy. The middle, it's literally like a short film. Starts out really happy. Then the middle is kind of very traumatic. Someone dies. And then we see at the end in verse 11, it says if it's that the ark stayed at a certain man's house and, and the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and his family. But verse 12 is important. It says, King David heard that he had blessed Obed, 
Edom's family and all that he had. And so what happened is that now David went to go and get the ark and retrieve it from Obed's house to take it to Jerusalem with great celebration. Verse 13, after the men carrying the covenant box had gone six steps, David had had them stop while he offered the Lord a sacrifice of a bull and a fattened calf. Verse 14, David wearing only a linen cloth, man, we love the linen, around his waist, danced with all his might to honor the Lord. Verse 15, and so he and all of the Israelites took the covenant box up to Jerusalem with shouts of joy and the sound of trumpets. So we see a very brief story of literally like it's, just up and down, up and down. But from this story, there was two things I, I was able to analyze. And the first thing I want you to understand, number one, write this down, is the symbolism of thanksgiving. The symbolism of thanksgiving. You see, from this scripture, we can learn that thanksgiving should take place when you are hosting the presence of God. And then thanksgiving should take place when you see what God has done for others. We see that from the very beginning of scripture that they're coming in with the presence of God with thanksgiving. We carry the presence of God. And so we should be in a constant state of thanksgiving because who are we? We are carrying the presence of God. But not just that. We see a moment in scripture where there is tragedy But the response is changed because of what they heard God was doing in someone's house. And so even if David was not a recipient of the blessing, just the fact that God was blessing somebody else, he was thankful. That was enough to let him know that God is still moving. I want you to know that even if you may not feel as if you received that much from last week, even if you weren't even present, you should be thankful that God is still moving in this generation. That should be enough for you. Even if you were not even present, even if you just saw stories, you should thank God that he is still moving mightily when people cry out to him. And so we have to understand there's symbolisms of thanksgiving in this scripture. But that's not the point. Number two, in this scripture, what I realized is that it's important to be a good host. Number two, be a good host. As I was looking at this scripture, I've read this scripture multiple times. And in verse, in verse when we look at the scripture in, in, in 2, Samuel verse, uh, 2 Samuel 6, verse 9, <clears throat> it says, Then David was afraid of the Lord and said, How can I take the covenant box with me now. This is King David, imagine. King David that has has talked with God, walked with God. But what is interesting is that verse 10, if we read this just like passively, we miss something. It says, so he decided not to take it with him. Instead, he turned off the road and took it to the house of Obed-Edom, a native of the city of Gath. The question I asked myself when I was reading this scripture, why in the world would David take it to his house? Why would David think and trust this man with the presence of God? He didn't even trust himself. He didn't even think he was capable. But there's a random man that he said, I'm going to take it to his house. (laughs) 
after the tragedy, why Obed-Edom? You see, the Bible doesn't talk too much about Obed-Edom. There's not too much um, <laughs> about him in the scripture, which is amazing because I think it's an affirmation to let you know that, yes, many people may not hear about your name, but you're very important. That you still have a, a, a place despite not having a kingship platform, that the truth is that, that God has a reason why you're going to be used. And so I was asking why Obed-Edom? You see, as I did a little bit of research, as much as I could, it, uh, I, I, I was able to find out that Obed-Edom was a mighty man. He was part of David's army. His name means serving or worshiping. Serving or worshiping. But you know what's even more interesting? Obed-Edom was a son of two amazing biblical characters that many of us love to reference, especially with relationships, Ruth and Boaz. Ruth and Boaz. And so as I start to reflect, I start to think to myself, maybe David knew that there's somebody in this city that has a lifestyle of hosting God. That there's someone in this city that knows the importance of God, that knows the importance of the presence of God. That there's someone in this city, there's someone who I can trust because he's seen what God has done in his mother's life. He's seen what God has done in his father's life. He knows the importance of the presence of God. There's someone who I can trust with hosting this presence who, when the presence of God gets there, the reverence doesn't start. It's been there. And so, as I was reflecting on this scripture, God was letting me know that for many of us, this is our testing period. For many of us, this is our testing period. Because the truth is this. You have to understand that the, the, the work doesn't start when the ark shows up in the house. The work doesn't show up when the oil is on your head now. The work doesn't start when now I have fire. The work has begun a long time ago. And so the truth is that God in the next three months, because it said it only took three months. I'm telling you, if Obed-Edom was not a good host, he would have been dead. If Obed-Edom was not a good host, he would have perished. But it only took three months for evidence to show that he revered the presence of God. And what did it say? That it blessed not just him, but the household of him. So his wife, his family was blessed because of the presence of God was in the room, was in his place. And he hosted the presence of God. And so I want us to understand this. You see, God is not looking for people that will say, I'm crazy, I'm crazy, I've received fresh fire, I've received a new oil, and forget about him. God is not looking for people who are saying that, I understand what it looks like to have an experience with God and drop the standard. God is looking for people who are saying that, yes, God has given me a fresh anointing. God has given me a new assignment. God has given me a new calling. God has given me a new understanding. The level goes up. Because the thing is that for the next three months, I'm going to let you know that God is going to test you on how you host what you asked for. How you host what you asked for. I was, I was listening to, I'm about to wrap up. 
I was listening to one of, uh, one of my good friends in London, um, and he was talking about this. And he was saying that it's amazing because we fast. You know, we do three-day, uh, funny, three-day dry fast towards two words in a program. He wasn't talking about us, but just in general, his, his church. We do a three-day dry fast towards the program. He said, he said, it's great, but the reality is that he told his leaders, do a three-day dry fast after the program. Because it's very easy for you to prepare for something, it happened, and then you go back to living the way you were before. But you don't understand that what you did is that you, you put yourself too deep. You said, I'm going to go the extra mile, God. I'm going to fast seven days. I'm going to fast three days, God. I'm going to consecrate myself. And everything that you were praying for happens only for you to go back. Do you understand that the standard has been raised? So now that the oil has touched your head, now that you are now filled with the zeal of the Lord, God is saying that the stand that you once had has now changed. It's not necessarily now that you're going to have to fast three days before a major event. It might be three days a month now. It might be a, a dry fast every month now. The standard has changed because when it comes to hosting what you ask for, when it comes to hosting what you want, you have to realize it's not when it shows up that you start hosting. And so there's going to be some people in the next three months that they're going to be like, wow, things have just been happening for that person. It's because they're hosting the oil. Meanwhile, there's some people that you're, I, I pray this is not going to happen. There's some people that are like, man, they just slipped so badly. They've fallen off. They've fallen off so drastically. You know, they don't even come to church anymore. They're doing this, they're doing that. Because how do they host what they asked for? I'll even say this. It may not even be what they asked for. Do you think Obed-Edom asked for the ark? But just by nature of being in association with David, and so just by nature of you being in the room and praying and being a part of the volunteers and being a member of the Gap Church and saying, oh, we're, if, if, it's, if it's for God, I'm crazy. By you saying that, by nature, you received the oil. You received a new proclamation. You received another level. You have to understand, by nature, you must adjust. Because when God gives you exactly what you've been asking for, when God gives you a responsibility, he's now wondering, how will you host it? And so the next three months are going to be pivotal for many people because God is going to say, are you going to use your oil as a trophy? Are you going to use your zeal as a trophy? Are you going to use crazy as a trophy? Because people did that with the Ark of the Covenant. Let's go grab the Ark. It'll let us win. Scripture says in Samuel, when the Israelites did that, that immediately they had that perception that Ark was, was captured. And so understand, when you are hosting this new level, adjust. Be a good host. Because af after a while, the evidence will show forth. And so after the evidence shows forth, you'll see that some people will say, man, the boldness that Ayobami has been operating in. Wow, God, we thank you. God, what's happening to Gabby? We thank you. Because you have to understand when you are a good host, people see what God is doing in your, in your life. And it doesn't just affect you. It affects everyone in your house. By nature of your obedience, by nature of you upholding the standard. And so I want us to just pray this quick prayer as I close. God, help me. 
give me the grace to be a good host. Give me the grace to be a good host. For many of us, as we're praying this prayer, God is letting us know that in order for you to be a good host, your fasting now has, has to change. You have to adopt a lifestyle, a standard I've called you to. God is letting some of you know that you've come too far to turn back now. So you have to adjust yourself. Heavenly Father, we just say thank you, God, because we thank you for what you did last week, God, but we say thank you because you're giving us a grace for what's about to come, Lord. God, we say thank you, Heavenly Father, because who knew that we would become host? Not just of your presence, Heavenly Father, God, but what you want to do in this generation, what you want to do in every sector, Heavenly Father, God. And so, Heavenly Father, we ask for the grace to be good host, God. To have reverence, God. Give us, give us renewed reverence for you, Heavenly Father. Give us renewed reverence for your oil. Give us renewed reverence for your spirit, oh God. We've asked for crazy and we've received it, Heavenly Father, God. God, give us the reverence for crazy. And even now, as our heads are still bowed and our eyes are still closed, just very briefly, I want to give anyone this opportunity, whether you're in the room or watching online, to come into relationship with Christ. So you have two people in this room, whether you are, have never been in a relationship with Christ, maybe you've never made it official, maybe you've known about him, maybe you've prayed to him, but you've never made it official and surrendered your life. This is, that's one group, but there's a second group, maybe you said, oh, I, 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 I've been in a relationship with him, but I feel like I've gone too far. I feel like I want to come back now. And so if that is you, I want us to all say this prayer together. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Help me to know you better. As I accept you today, take over my heart and dwell in me. Forgive me of my old ways and help me to change into the person that you want me to be. I love you, Lord, and I proclaim that you are my God in Jesus' name, amen. Can we keep our heads bowed real quick for the next 30 seconds? If you said that prayer with all boldness, whether online, I want you to text the number that pops up on the screen, text SAVED. But if you're in this room, I want you to just raise up your hand very briefly if you made that prayer, if you made that declaration to God personally. And just said, God, I want to come back into a relationship with you. God, I want to, I want to take this journey seriously again. God, I really want to uh, come back and be with you, Heavenly Father. And I just want to pray with you right now. Heavenly Father, we want to say thank you, God, for everyone. Maybe you're, uh, you're here in this room. Maybe you're watching online. Maybe you're going to listen to this podcast or whatever it may be or watch this later, God. We pray, Heavenly Father, for them. We pray, God, that uh, even as they're coming into relationship with you, God, that you cover them, God. I pray, Heavenly Father, God, help them with this new journey, God. I pray this will not be a journey of sorrow, but a journey of rejoicing, God. We pray, Heavenly Father, God, Lord, that you renew the joy of their salvation weekly, daily, monthly, Heavenly Father. We pray, Heavenly Father, God, that even every voice of their past guilt and shame, Heavenly Father, God, that tries to bring them back, God, we pray that you silence those voices, God. And we pray, Heavenly Father, God, that your Spirit of God, O oh Lord, continues to help them, God even as urges and things may come uh, around them, Heavenly Father, God. Your Spirit of God will help them, God. God, we say thank you, Lord, for the gift of salvation. Thank you for those that are saved, God, and thank you for those that have come into relationship with you, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Can we say thank you to God right now? Thank you for tuning into the Gap Church Podcast. We hope this message blessed you. If you made that choice to give your life to Christ, congratulations. We celebrate you. 
Don't forget to text SAVE to 817-381-5353. Again, text SAVE to 817-381-5353. Thank you so much and have a blessed week.